need that support. The, the beauty of a church family is that we pray for each other, and that makes a difference. Uh, we're talking about growing, as Pastor Brandon encouraged us to think about. In Luke 2.52, our kind of theme verse this, uh, this year, our New Year's resolution verse, is that uh, Jesus grew. Jesus grew. We kind of stop right there and think for a minute. If, if Jesus needed to grow, grow, do you think Pastor Doug needs to grow? Can I have an amen? Amen. Pretty thorough. And then if I need to grow, you didn't see this coming. Do you need to grow? Yeah. See, you notice how, do I need to grow? Amen. Do you need to grow? Wow. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. Just wow. There's some family members who are here, and that was probably them. Pastor, Pastor Warren, I see you over there. How are you going to grow? What's the plan to grow? Growth doesn't happen accidentally, typically. It doesn't happen by spontaneous combustion. Jesus grew in four ways. Where He grew in wisdom, and we need to have a plan to grow mentally. If we don't use it, we'll lose it. So how do we grow and exercise the mental muscle? And then how to grow emotionally, how to grow financially, which is the area we need wisdom for. We're to, called in Scripture to be careful how we think because our lives are shaped by our thoughts. Jesus grew in stature. So do we have a plan to grow physically this year, to grow healthier, to grow stronger in the same manner uh, we have to grow uh, physically uh, every moment of our life? We've got to grow. I feel the same way. I feel the same way, Amari. Uh, we've got to grow physically. By the way, when I say that, it's never to say, why do you have a child in here who's speaking? Uh, Bethany is a church for all ages, right? Am I right? So her cries are just important to God than the noise that I'm making. Can I have an amen? Again, see, you did that again. You, like, jumped all over that one. Anyway, um, our bodies, Paul says, our bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit. See, I wasn't saying go, Anissa. I was, you know, she's welcome. You too. Wow. Very cool. Uh, uh, the message has to do with our, our little ones uh, uh, partly too. Uh, <clears throat> our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means that there's a shingle in your heart, not shingles, the, but there's a shingle in your heart with the, you know, the Holy Spirit lives here, you know. Uh, well, he is in you, or the Holy Spirit is in you. Uh, you've received him from God, <clears throat> and you are not your own. You were bought with a price. The cross of Jesus reminds us that uh, Christianity is not a, an anti-body religion. It is uh, encapsulated in flesh. Jesus took on our flesh, and so uh, we honor God with our body, which we're called to do. So how, do you, how are you going to grow physically? Uh, it's been brought to my attention recently that I tend to breathe very shallow, that I tend to live life, uh, <clears throat> I, I kind of carry stress. Uh, usually in my shoulder and my back, and I kind of just don't like this. And so someone pointed out that I tend to breathe from up here instead of from my diaphragm, which if you're a singer, you're supposed to do. But also when you breathe kind of short breath from higher up in your system, it's uh, a physiological trigger to your brain to say kind of there's a crisis going on, need to stay, need to stay alert. So I, the good news is I'm alert. You know, that's the good news. Uh, but... When you breathe from your diaphragm, breathe deeper, hold it, uh, extend it. Uh, that also is physiologically connected with your brain, my brain, and it tells us uh, God's in charge. I don't have to 
hold the world together, which I'm not doing anyway, right, by being tense. So that's an area I'm trying to uh, be growing physically, okay? Uh, Jesus grew number three in favor with God. God, what's your plan to grow spiritually this year? Peter tells us that we're to grow in the grace of God, grow in God's grace and become better acquainted with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And finally, Jesus grew in favor with people. We need to grow in our connection with other people. Uh, how, what's your plan to grow uh, in uh, relationship, grow, grow relationally this year? Uh, the Bible says, um, here's why prayer matters, where two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there among you. That's why we pray for each other. That's why we, uh, every week, uh, I didn't get uh, able to do it because I was trying to find those uh, flamingo slides real quick. Uh, but I uh, always try to write down a prayer request. Why? Because I want a whole bunch of people as part of our church family to pray with me for the things that concern me or to rejoice with me, the things that are answers to prayer. Uh, so today we're going to focus on relationships. Jesus grew in favor with people and our plan to grow relationally in a certain direction, kind of within the family of God, the, the body of Christ, within the, the church family. And so I want to start by just reading, I'm going to read just two passages of Scripture, and the first is First uh, John 2. Uh, and John has been teaching about, as we looked last week, essentially been teaching about love. That's his message, that's his theme, telling us that we need to love one another. And he kind of stops in the middle of, of kind of challenging the people he's writing to and, and challenging us. And he wants to, I think, kind of in, encourage them uh, about how much they value, they, they, they matter in the body of Christ. And so he, he writes to three different groups of people within a, a church family. And um, he says, First uh, John 2, he says, I'm writing to you, dear children, beloved kids of the Lord, <clears throat> little ones of the Lord, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Praise God, we have been forgiven by our Father. Uh, number, then verse 13, I, I'm writing to you fathers and mothers. It says fathers in the Greek, but uh, in this case, it's obviously not excluding uh, females from the, the process. I'm writing to you fathers and mothers because you know him who is from the beginning. Now, when you read that, you kind of are tempted to think, who is he talking about? Who, you, have, you know him who's from the beginning. I think we're tempted to say that means, go ahead, God. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. But uh, this is John writing. I believe, not all scholars do, but I believe that John wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote these three letters, and he wrote the book of Revelation. Because, uh, and one of, the, one of the reasons, just off the cuff, is that the Gospel of John talks about someone who was there from the beginning, doesn't it? John 1 starts in the beginning, just like Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, but it says, in the beginning was who? was the Word. And the Word, he's not talking about God here, he's talking about Jesus, right? The, the Word was with God, so God was there also, so that's actually technically also a correct answer, right? The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in a couple of verses later, in uh, verses uh, 12, verses 14, we read that, and then the Word took on human flesh and dwelled among us, set up residence uh, on our block, came to live our life. Uh, Eugene Peterson says that the word moved into the neighborhood with you and I. My dad used to kind of a kind of a word picture about the cross. He'd say, uh, on the cross, uh, all the sins of all humanity were placed, as it were, in a funnel and just covered over Jesus, even though they weren't 
his sins. They were our sins. And he paid for our sins on the cross. He was there at the beginning. He took human flesh. You've known him. So sort of senior, more senior saints, fathers and mothers, you've known him for a long time. Uh, then he says, the third group, I've written to you young people, young men and young women. I, I'm writing to you because you have overcome the evil one. And John's a little different from Paul when you read Tom Wright says when you read Paul so much, which is his specialty, then you read John, it's, it's so different because Paul's pretty linear and has kind of complicated sentences that you can kind of like sentence diagram and get the logic. And John is more, uh, not creative, but more artistic in how he presents things and kind of loops back around and he says about 15 times, love one another in as many ways as he possibly can. And so here he's talked to these three groups and now he, he talks to the same three groups again and you and I are, are in here somewhere. I want you to kind of think about where you land. So verse 14, I write to you again, dear children, because the first time was because you've been forgiven uh, on account of the name of Jesus. And the second one is because you've overcome uh, the, uh, excuse me, because you know the Father. And I write to you, fathers and mothers, because you know him who is from the beginning. Exactly the same phrase there as it was in the first time. And then the third time he expands on uh, because you've overcome the evil one. He says, I write to you young people because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and because of that you have overcome the evil one. So kind of what's going on here? Uh, students of uh, John think that he's not so much talking about just physical age here, even though that's kind of a component. Uh, dear children, that's kind of little ones. Fathers and mothers, that's older ones. And and young people, that's people who are somewhere in the middle. In our age, of course, we, we expand those things because uh, our, our lifespans are, are often longer in our culture, right? And so seniors, see, we had a, a family thing, and, and uh, we had a family picture, and it was a very, very awkward thing. Very, very, people be very thoughtless in families, you know? And so they said, Doug, why don't you sit in the first row? I'm now in the first row. Do you understand what that means? The people, like, you need a chair, Doug. Sit in that front row. I thought, I've never been in the front row before. It was kind of an awkward thing, and it's just, it's not looking good for the future for me at this point. But when you get older, and, you know, should I become a senior, say, uh, there's actually three groups of seniors, right? There's 65 to 75. Those are people who are called young seniors, and they do not want to be referred to as seniors at all. There's... Uh, middle seniors, they're 75 to 85, and they're not all happy about being called seniors. And then there's senior seniors who are 85 to 95 to 105 and whatever, and they're kind of okay. I remember my mom turned 90, went to visit her, and there was a newspaper uh, article that had come out about her facility, uh, wonderful uh, Atherton uh, Baptist Homes in Alhambra, who took such good care of my mom and my dad. And they, had, they were recognizing they had, uh, if I remember right, 20 residents who were 110 or older. So I went to say, Mom, hey, happy birthday. Did you ever think you'd be 90? I said, but the bad news is you're like a, an adolescent compared to the seniors around here because they're, you know, 10 people who are 110. You're just 90, you know, so. Uh, and then adolescence itself has now been subdivided, right? Adolescence starts sooner than we expect. Kind of in our culture, it's basically people who are not just kind of like teenagers, 14 through 18, but it's like uh, 10 through uh, maybe uh, 18, maybe early 20s. And then there's middle adolescence now, which is kind of like the 20s. And then there's upper adolescence, which ends around 30 or 35 or so. So in this time, he's not doing a sociological experiment. He's just saying, kind of got different groups of people in the church. 
And who's the most important? As I think about it, and uh, we just uh, recognized uh, Sherry's dad uh, and Bruce's father and Lorraine's father, etc., cetera, uh, on his 90th birthday on, uh, on January 9th, 90th, he would probably not say he's a senior because he doesn't act like a senior exactly, you know. Uh, but uh, in rec- well, there's a point for what I'm doing. Uh, as, as you think about age and you think about our value, sometimes in the church people of different ages can feel devalued. And I think what, one thing that John is doing is trying to say everybody matters. And so John Stott wrote this about this passage. He said that these three groups, dear children, fathers and mothers, and young people, they represent not so much ages but three different stages of spiritual pilgrimage. Let me say it again. They represent three different stages of spiritual pilgrimage. Everyone in this room is somewhere uh, uh, along the journey of your relationship with Jesus. Some of you maybe are checking things out. You haven't officially started that journey, although you're going to find out in time that God has started that journey. He took the initiative uh, a long, long time ago, and you'll be quite amazed how long he has loved you as one of his own kids, even though you might not have known that. And then you welcome Jesus into your life. And then you're, at that point, you're at one of, you become a dear child. You become a beloved child of the Most High God. You become a newborn believer. Uh, and there's something exuberant about that. And then uh, the young men in the middle, they're kind of more men and women, but they're more developed Christians. They're strong and they are uh, uh, victorious in spiritual warfare. And then the fathers and mothers, they possess the depth and stability of ripe Christian experience. So think about this. Who, who's most important in the family of God? I, I was thinking about this message and these this three different kind of categories of people, not so much age, because you can be, in our church we've had um, uh, uh, Beverly and, and Dr. Carl Ziesmer, who, who they've both gone to be with the Lord now, but uh, both in their 90s and um, Beverly prayed for her husband for over 40 years to come to know Jesus. And he was a skeptic, I think you, could, you would safely say. Near the end of his life, they would come, and he was having some memory issues. And so sometimes he would, he would uh, uh, chat with me about the message during the message. you know. And it was kind of interesting. Two years before he died, he welcomed Jesus into his heart as his Lord and Savior. And the last two years were celebration, and he was baptized, and it's a great celebration. So he was, he was in his 90s, but he was a newborn believer, and it just filled the family with such joy, right? And something happens when you have newborn believers, right? So letter A, write down that we have newborn believers. I, I was thinking about this message and thinking of the different ages, and I thought of the words of most of us had to read in high school, in, in my generation, you had to read the, the words of George Orwell, right? How many of you read Animal Farm, right? It's not really about pigs and animals. It's a sort of a satire about um, the fact that socialism and communism doesn't work particularly well. But there's a famous line in that book, right, that says, oh, I think it's the pig that says, if I remember right, because there was like a hierarchy among the animals. And so uh, the, the quote was... Uh, uh, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others, right? And that's true sometimes we can think about the body of Christ, or our own physical family even, a biological family, a nuclear family. But the fact is we need everybody. We need newborn believers. That joy and exuberance that comes to us from new believers. You know, there are some people, they come to know Jesus, and they are so happy because they're 
as John says, because their sins are forgiven. And they're excited that they're loved by God, and they're excited that there's a Bible we can study, and it's like a new Christians want to come, and I, I just found this book. It's called John, and it's great, and isn't it wonderful? And it says that, you know, newborn believers, you can write down the first bullet. I, I don't think I left blanks even for the, for the little subheadings. But new believers add exuberance and joy, right? Babies, in a physical sense, add exuberance and joy to our lives. But newborn believers, they change the body of Christ. We had on Wednesday night, we had a, a great membership class. It wasn't huge. I had four people come to become members. Awesome, fantastic people. And just, it's so exciting to see people come and join with us to kind of infuse new life into the Bethany family. Uh, newborn believers, we need them. They're getting to know the Father. They've experienced forgiveness. And of course, we may have walked with Jesus for a long time, but we never stop actually needing to receive forgiveness. Can I have one of the actually full amens on this one? It's not just directed about me, but you know, we, right? We, we re, don't you still need forgiveness? Yeah, yeah, possibly. You weren't expecting it. That's what it was. You were just lulled to sleep by the, by the heater being on. So, you still need forgiveness, don't you? That's what I need to do. I need to get a little animated. Okay. Uh, letter B. We also need, uh, John is telling us, I believe, and John, by this point, he's a, he's a senior, senior. The, uh, the, this writer is called, often by scholars, John the Elder, because he's older than most everybody around him. It outlived a lot of his contemporaries. And you can read that if you read the book of First John, you'll, you'll sense that fact that he's older. He's been around the block, okay? So letter B, right, we need senior believers. We need established believers. We need seasoned believer, believers, if you will. Why? Because they've walked with Jesus for a long, long time, right? Even in Star Wars, they needed senior, senior helpers, right? There was one that said, there's a Obi-Wan, there's a name that I've not heard for a long, long time. Well, we need people who have walked with the force, the true force for a long, long sorry, for a long, long time, right? Isn't it a blessing? To have, uh, to have my father-in-law, Sherry's dad, et cetera, a friend and mentor to so many of us, to have um, Pop turn 90 is just, was just such a thrill, but such a privilege in Pop and then uh, his partnership with Mimi. The, their impact on so many people, these two young kids who met uh, up the street at Inner Community Hospital when they both had relatives who were stuck in the hospital and spending time kind of across the hall, they... Uh, um, uh, it was Pop's mom, right? Wasn't it? Who uh, in, uh, who um, got her phone number? She liked Angie and got her phone number and got got it to him, and that's how all that started. These two kids from both from kind of broken homes, who said we want to follow Jesus together and do something. And now there's a family there. There's people they've invested in on three or four or five generations. We need senior, established, seasoned believers because they've walked with Jesus for a long time and they add stability and wisdom. They add stability and wisdom and we need that in the body of Christ. We want the exuberance of the new believers but we want the stability and wisdom of those who've walked with Jesus and, and, and walked with the word for a long, long time. And then in the middle is kind of, I guess I would say, kind of the rest of us. The rest of us. Um, you know, my brother-in-law is here. Robbie's here. He's a, he he's now a, a senior senior because he retired. 
So he's a lot older than me. And uh, sorry, Robbie. Um, but the rest of us are kind of in the middle. Would you agree? It means we're sort of, let's call this adolescent. I thought that would be a nice title for, for us, right? We're all adolescents. Or maybe midlife, uh, middle-aged, I'm not sure. But the Bible says, John says, what's great about having adolescents as part of the family of God, they're growing, they're still growing. Now, baby believers, they've got to grow, right? Uh, And senior believers, we don't ever get to stop growing. We don't ever want to stop growing. But we need adolescent believers, those who are kind of in the middle, those who are are growing to stability. I I remember when I was young that I, I was a Christian since I was seven. So at some point when I'm in high school or something like that, you think, you look forward to the day when you'd be kind of a mature Christian, a strong, mature, solid Christian, and just kind of walk with Jesus for a long time, and, and uh, that'll happen. So for me, I thought, well, maybe when I'm an adult. So for me, when I was an adolescent, when I was in high school ages, right, I thought old people were people who were, I would look at these people and think, these, I can't believe how old they are. I will never be this old. And that's people who are in their 30s. Those were old people for me in high school. Do you, you, under, you anybody understand this process? And then somehow, I don't know what happened, but I turned 30, and it was very weird. So then old people couldn't be 30 anymore because I was 30. So then old people were 40, and this process has kept on for several iterations now, okay? And now I'm 60, and I'm thinking, you know, I remember when 30 was old, and 40 was old, and 50 was old, and 60 was old, and... And now 70 are old. So if you're here and you're 70, I'm sorry, you're old. But you're young old. Okay, you're fine. You're, you're okay. And, but I remember thinking, well, I wonder when I'll become kind of mature in Christ. I'll, I'll, kind of get, I'll kind of get it together. A lot of you are wondering that about me as well. I know. So, you know, do you understand this? Do you, do you, do you, do you, do you resonate at all with this? That we're all still growing. And I'm starting to wonder now because I'm getting, uh, I'm in the front row of the pictures now, if you know what I mean. There aren't, there's not a lot of places I can go from the front row of the pictures. So, you know, my time on earth, and it's true for all of us because time moves, so, you know, my time on earth is a little shorter than it was, and that keeps happening. But I'm beginning to wonder if John isn't right elsewhere where he writes that, um, we don't know what will be in the future, but we know this, that when we... When we see Jesus, we'll be like Jesus because we'll see him as he is. And the growth process that we've started, some of us in our 90s where we met the Lord possibly, right? Some of us when we were uh, younger and met the Lord, we know that we'll be like Jesus when we see him, which means we'll need to die before it happens. But in the meantime, we're supposed to grow. Would people look at you and if they knew your routines and your life and the things you spent your time with, would they look at you and say, man, that's a person who's never stopped growing. Never stopped growing. And as a result, as a result of not stopping the growing process, we need those who are in the middle of the, of the newborn and the senior. We need the adolescents or the growing believers because God has given them strength. How do you get strength? Uh, it just not talking on physical realm, how do you gain strength? Anybody? In the first service, uh, Roberta in the back with her walker said, you know, right? You get get stronger through exercise, but even before exercise, I think, you get stronger through stressing your muscles. 
and we get stronger emotionally through stressing, uh, through stressing right? Life comes, at, life comes at us, and you get through one stress by God's grace, and then there's another stress around the corner, or maybe, you know, on this fam- family trick, you know, one, one person would get sick, and then the next person would go down, you know? Uh, and that happens, God uses these things to help us to grow and to get stronger, and we need that if we're going to defeat the evil one. But a second thing happens, God's word has come alive in them. So when we're in that middle space, if you're not in the newborn believer space uh, and not yet in the senior believer space, which I obviously can't because I'm way too young, uh, we're in that middle space of adolescence. That's re- this is really stretching it, isn't it? But uh, that middle section, and our mandate is to keep growing, get stronger, and to allow God's word to come alive in us. We've got to spend you know, like more time in God's word then than we do with a newspaper or do watching uh, the television or the, uh, paying attention to the internet or social media, we've got to spend as much time in God's word or more, right? Uh, now, I get so depressed watching the news and stuff, I don't watch a whole lot of news because it's just it's the same thing all over again. So I watch something, that's, I, want to, I want to be elevated, so I watch sports. Any, now, I know we have a couple people here from Texas who I will not single out, but they don't live in Houston, so they're not, anybody, well, I'll just say it. I won't make you identify yourself because that will categorize you as a certain kind of person. But I'm sure there's people in here who are fans of the Houston Asterisks, possibly. Even sports, you can't even watch sports anymore and, and get, you know, something to elevate life. It's depressing. What, what are we saying? We're saying letter D, We need all kinds of believers, don't we? In the family of God, we need all kinds of believers. We, we, we don't want to be a church of a single age. There's an article this week in Christianity Today that talks about the fact that uh, one uh, group of believers in churches, a lot of them very active in, in helping start a church that, that ministered to their generation, are feeling a little excluded, a little kind of pushed to the corner. And it's a group apparently called the Baby Boomers. And they're feeling in some churches that they help to start to minister to people of their age group uh, that they're starting to feel kind of pushed to the side like, you know, some of you maybe want to go to the other service that we're going to have because we're, we're trying to reach out. Because you have to always, in a church, you do have to always reach the young, right? Just to, you, you want the young. In, our, in, our, you know, in a family, it's such a blessing to be part of the family I'm part of, my family, but also uh, Sherry's family has welcomed me in. And to have people of different uh, ages within that, uh, there's life that comes, and you watch them going through their stages of life and the things, and I, I guess what I'm saying is this, we, we need each other. Sort of the, the application for this passage is get to know somebody who's not in your circle of life, who's not a part of your generation. Our seniors are such a blessing to me. When I was moaning several months back because I'd had a, uh, the episode of the high blood pressure and and wasn't sure kind of where things were going, and I would share about how, how bad things were in the first service. There was a lot of chuckles, and, you know, you know welcome aboard. I, several of them said, welcome to the team. I'm like, yeah, glad to be there. I was, I was following him out, and it happened to be, I, I was going to get the door, and I was following, it was four people in a row who had walkers. And, you know, I walked by one of them, and they said, welcome to the team. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure I want to be in this team kind of thing, you know. But, but, you, but you don't want to not get to that stage in life, do you? Right? 
We want to keep growing. We want to keep going. And I'm so glad that they're here because they, they tell me that I can make it through the season that I'm in now. And we need the youth and the exuberance. We want more people coming to know the Lord. I've gotten all this way to the point in the service without talking about exuberance of God's goodness. Let me stop and give you two examples and then, then I'll finish. Uh, so uh, it's funny how, Chris, are you here? Bruce and Chris? I know they've got a, a, one, one or two. But anyway, Chris sent me a, an email, a text on Thursday. In the midst of all kinds of other stress going on in life, because that happens, sent me a text, and I can't believe I forgot to kind of mention this small fact, that at our spiritual revival, fe- uh, spiritual revival week for our students from uh, first grade to fifth grade, we had, are you ready? Get ready, because this is one of those things where I want to kind of hear a response, and I will chastise you verbally if you do not. We had five of our kids at our school who accepted Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Wow. So I need to, I need to prime the pump is what we need to do for <laughs> It was incredible. Oh, and 52 kids rededicated their lives as followers of Jesus. See, we're new life. We need that new life. Now our students, our high school, our junior high students, Pastor Brandon already told you, but I don't know who's running PowerPoint, but he doesn't apparently care about youth, right? No, it's Raymond who works with our junior high and high school kids. We just had a little technical. So you want to see what happened? A little updated view. Can you, can you give us that? There we go. There they are, uh, anarchy in, in route. Crazy people. There's one of our worship team, Kiara. There, I can't. So, there, man. Yeah, where, where's PJ? I see him waving. Oh, there's, yeah. He was, he was doing a little hostage negotiation with the Flamingos. Shotgun practice. Another home. I recognize that home of Paris. They have been busy. They love Jesus, and they have been serving the Lord all across this area. They've been to Tustin. They've been to Rancho Cucamonga, I think. Man, wait, that's my house. Um, yeah, thank you guys. So, and, uh, oh, man, it's awesome. And uh, Kiara, who with Jimmy Boy and, and uh, Billy and uh, who else? Oh, Melanie, yeah. Uh, Kiara's family got it back. The gift that keeps on giving. Anything else? So today's the last day, is that right? To sign up for that. We have people who love our students. Thank you, Raymond. Thank you, Billy Vasquez, for, for loving our students. But we all do that, and we've all, we're, we're all apart. So here's the application. I'm going to read the passage, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the fill-ins, and then we'll, we'll end. But the application is get to know somebody who's not from your spiritual generation. Get someone who's... If you're a baby Christian, get to know someone who's walked with Jesus for a long, long time. Or if you're a middle-aged Christian, no nice way to say that, adolescent Christian, if you're in that growing process still, invest in those younger than you. Honor those older than you. Every one of us still needs the wisdom of the older. In Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, here's what happened. You know what happened? The Holy Spirit fell, and people were like, what's going on here? They were freaked out about what was going on. Because people were full of the Spirit and just they could not stop themselves talking about God in ways that their generation could understand. And Peter said, listen, no, no, in the last days, this is what's going on. Joel prophesied uh, that in the last day, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on who? What age group? All people. All people. Are you included in that age group? 
pretty much, if you're a people, if you've got breath, you're, you're there. So who are we talking about? Well, your sons and daughters. Your, your young men. I, I loved that when I was a young man. Now that I'm approaching being possibly one day older and a senior, I love this next line. Your old men will dream dreams. We're not done. We're not done growing. Even on my servants. That, what do you need to qualify? You need to be a servant of God, willing to serve God. Both men and women, in case we missed it from before, from sons and daughters, I'm going to pour out my spirit in those days. They will prophesy. They'll, they'll hear what God wants to communicate, and they'll share it with other people. Four bullets. So say goodbye, Bethany Church. Say goodbye to clergy restrictions, right? I'm going to pour out my spirit on pastors and teachers. Nope, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. You don't have to be ordained. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to know Greek or Hebrew. Truth be told, Brandon and I don't really know either one of them. We just quote it in the sermon just to uh, let you think that we, we know something. Right? So everybody, everybody is involved, not just clergy. The second bullet, say goodbye to age restrictions. Nobody is too young to make a difference in the body of Christ. And nobody's too old to make a difference in the body of Christ. I have conversations with senior seniors. My dad, before he passed away, though, lived till 89 and three quarters. And, and the last maybe year of his life, he wasn't doing, you know, it was fading, you know. And he would talk to me and say, I don't know why the Lord doesn't take me home and I don't want my purposes. My mom lived till uh, 93 and she would say, I don't know why the Lord leaves me here. I've had a lot of talks with a lot of our senior seniors through the years. Uh, when your body is not behaving like it used to be, it's just, it's hard. And, but there's always a reason that you're still here. There's always a way for you to serve in, in your unique way, with your unique gifts, with your unique experience. There's always people you can pray for. You can be flat on your back in the hospital, and you can pray for other people, pray for other generations, pray for those who are in the, the middle season. You can thank God you went through it, but that others are going to make it through. And then the, the younger generations that you can invest in. There's no age restriction for serving in the body of Christ. And third, say goodbye to gender restrictions. Both men and women, both uh, young people of all kinds, right? Your sons and daughters, young men, right? There's no gender. And let's be honest, in the church of Jesus Christ, historically, there often have been gender restrictions. There have been, women have been uh, often very, very devalued in an inappropriate way, uh, put down, and uh, you know, men have been elevated to a sort of a, as if they're of a superior status. But the bottom line is, fourth bullet, everybody gets to play when you're talking about service, when you're talking about the family of God. Everybody's needed. Everybody. Every one of you is needed. New believers, senior believers, middle believers, you're all needed as part of the body of Christ. Find someone who's not in your generation and say, start to build a relationship with them. In a sense, it's like a cross-cultural thing, right? We want to be a church that's a multicultural church and a multi-ethnic church, and we want to be an intergenerational church. Find someone, build a relationship with someone who's in a different generation. You'll be surprised how blessed you'll be. I usually end that by saying multicultural, multi-ethnic we want to be, more so multi-generational and multi-personality. Bethany is a multi-personality church. I, I, I... I, I'm not as funny as I think I am because I think that's hilarious. But, hey, if you're, not, if you're not all there, you are welcome at Bethany. If there's something wrong with you, can I have an amen? If there's something wrong with you, you're going to feel right at home among the rest of us, right? Something's wrong with every one of us. 
because that's part of the human condition. And yet, worship team, come on up, let's pray. Living God, we love you. We love the fact that you have a plan for us before we even are aware that it's a plan. God, you tell us in your word that you love us so much that before Genesis 1-1, before the world was created, you loved us and chose us to be yours. You've loved every single one of us for a long, long time. God, thank you that in Bethany we have brand new believers, baby believers this week, five of them. We, we just celebrate. God, we're so happy. And we ask you to use young believers to infuse joy and enthusiasm and exuberance into the Bethany family. Keep us young at heart. Thank you for my 90-year-old father-in-law who is still young at heart. But God, thank you also for those who are in the middle, those who are kind of the adolescent, the growing believers, kind of the, probably the biggest bulk of us. Help us to keep growing. Help us to keep walking together. Help us to keep uh, standing together, praying for one another, weeping with those who weep, rejoicing with those who weep. And God, thank you that in the Bethany family, we got a whole bunch of senior believers who walk with Jesus for a long time. They can help us get through what we're going through. They can cheer us on. And they can also give us insights and wisdom that they've gained through the length of their time with Jesus. Thank you that it, there's no restrictions on age, on experience, on gender, that all of the people of God, all of God's children are necessary to make one body. I pray every one of us, God, as on the day of Pentecost, that you would pour out your spirit on every person in this room in, in ways that maybe they've never even experienced before. That you'd pour out your spirit, your spirit that produces love and joy and peace. Infuse us with greater love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, no matter where we are in our spiritual journey. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. In the power of the Holy Spirit and all God's children said,